The Catechism question this week is number 14. What is sin? Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. Uh, when we come into the portion of the Catechism that asks what duty God requires of man, and uh, we find it's obedience to his moral law, and the moral law is uh, summarized in the Ten Commandments, and Ten Commandments comes in two, label, two tables, which are summarized in love for God with love for God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength, uh, and then uh, loving your neighbor as yourself. One of the things then that we'll find as we go through the the Ten Commandments specifically one at a time uh, is that the Ten Commandments teach us the applications of the implications upon us of who God is and whom he has made us to be unto him and unto his creation and unto one another as made in the image of God. Uh, and these realities exist already, of course, in the garden. These ex realities exist at the end of day six of the creation and then especially on day seven in which the Lord uh, consecrates, blesses the seventh day, and hallows it, consecrates it to himself as holy, so that we might know that he is the ultimate reality, the reason for our reality, and the reason for our specialness in all of the creation being made in his image, uh, as on the evening before, on the, uh, the afternoon before, late in the sixth day, uh, he had taught Adam and Eve uh, much about being a covenant head, being a provider for others, uh, every creature having its place in his creation, his being the one who allots to each one its place and its possessions, uh, and especially how uh, we are to love God above all the creatures and man uh, above all the rest of the creatures as being made in uh, in the image of God, uh, and so all of that, which later gets summarized in the moral law, much of it in a very distinct way that is related to our being sinners at the time of Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, and so the Ten Commandments uh, are full of thou shalt nots, negatives that go against the sin into which we had fallen and which dwelt in us at the time. But the moral law that ends up getting summarized that way later uh, all of that already exists because of who God is, because of who we are in his creation, uh, what we are to do with his creation, and especially with what we are to do with one another. All of these realities exist during the covenant of life uh, or the covenant of works, if we use one of its other, other names. Uh, and so uh, the implications of the applications of who God is uh, who we are, uh, whom he has made us to be to ourselves uh, and to others. Uh, and then he gives Adam and the woman a particular commandment that belongs to the covenantal relationship. It's uh, not just the, uh, the applications of the implications of great realities, but now it is a, a positive prescription, a statute, uh, an instruction, a commandment, the terms of uh, God's binding himself to them in a covenant 
with the implied promise of eternal life. If in uh, the probationary period, which only God can know uh, how long that was or would have been, uh, of whether or not they would keep the instruction not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so they would choose God and they would choose life rather than choosing themselves and uh, their own way uh, and choosing death in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. The woman, of course, being deceived, but many things that uh, that Adam did, and even her herself, although she was deceived, she ought to have known better. Uh, but there is a willfulness, especially on her husband's part, who is not deceived, who was willing to listen to this, the serpent's proposal uh, that what God had said was uh, was not all that there was. That um, that Adam, being a free creature and the great creature on the earth, uh, might choose his own way and using then his wife as something of a guinea pig in that, failing to be ahead over her who corrects failing to correct the mistakes that she makes as she's answering the serpent, failing to intervene to go between her and the serpent, uh, failing to to lead and to teach as, uh, as uh, Genesis 2 had implied, desiring that he would actually be God unto himself, not like God and imaging God, but that he would get to know good and evil in the way that God alone does, that he would get to determine for himself what is good, that he would get to determine for himself what is evil. And so the man and the woman fall in in very different ways. Uh, The man, uh, incidentally, as you can probably hear in the way that we were just describing it, falling in very similar fashion to how Lucifer himself did. Uh, The greatest of the angels, the greatest of the heavenly beings, uh, wanting to be his own God and put himself on God's level. Uh, and now man, the greatest of the earthly creature, who has the greatest responsibilities. He is worshiper in chief over all uh, of the creatures of this world, uh, which is why when he sins, not only is he cursed, but especially the ground, the earth, uh, is cursed. Uh, and so what we see in the uh, commandments themselves, uh, very particularly in the moral law more generally, is that there are uh, there are two things that must be done. First and foremost, man must conform to the law of God. Man's character must uh, and man's conduct must be shaped by and image the perfect, holy, righteous character of God for whose worship man was made, and in whose image man was made. Anything that falls short of that is an infinitely great offense against the glorious God who is, and who made all things, and who made us in his image. So it is actually these sins of omission uh, that are uh, that are so great. Sins of omission, sins of not conforming. Uh, to God, and especially conforming to the law of God, things that we ought to have done uh, and uh, and not do because of who God is and because of whom he made uh, us to be unto himself. 
So that when the scripture says, for him who knows what he ought to do but does not do it, that is sin. Um, it's not just saying, uh, make sure that whenever you have a godly or righteous impulse, you follow it. I mean, that much is true. Uh, whenever we have an, an impulse or a thought about something that is righteous and holy and good that we ought to do, we know that that is not coming from the world, and that is not coming from the devil, and it is not coming from our flesh. Uh, the the impulse to call Jesus the Lord and mean by that that he is Jehovah, the the one true and living God who is. He has being in himself. That only comes from the Holy Spirit, uh, the apostle tells uh, the Corinthians. Uh, and similarly, the impulse to honor your mother or obey your father, uh, that's not coming from your flesh. That's not coming, um, that's not coming from the world uh, or from the devil. Uh, so it's true that, you know, when you know what is right to do and you don't do it, that is sin. Uh, but the scripture there touches on something even deeper than, than what we've just been describing um, in the last minute or two. It's reminding us that the right thing to do is right because God is God and all of reality corresponds to him. And we exist for his glory. So that when, you know, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, it's not saying, you know, everyone has just barely missed being what they ought to have been. No, it's saying all of our sins are lacking conformity to, our want of conformity to the law of God so that we are pushing down upon the glory of God in our unrighteousness. That we know who he is by what he's, what we see in the creation. And even more, we know what he is and who he is by the knowledge of himself that he has put into us. And yet we are refusing to glorify him. We are refusing to give thanks to him. And so sin, as a want of conformity unto him, is as heinous, as evil, as God is glorious. And so in our catechism uh, question, Following up on, uh, did our first parents continue? No, they fell from the estate um, by sinning against God, and we in them were about to find out um, we fell in their first sin. Uh, and then it follows with, what is sin? And we hear, want of conformity to the law of God. What we should hear is something as immense in its evil as God's glory is immense. And so the want of conformity to the law of God. These are the, the great ones that we, should, uh, that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That we should keep his day holy because that day has been built into his design for us. That we would have all of our dependence upon him and all of our delight in him and learn all of our duty from him, and that in everything we do, we would be devoted to him. Uh, and the first three commandments as well uh, in that first table of the law. But any want of conformity to the law of God, but then also uh, any transgression of the law of God. Whenever we transgress his law, we are declaring ourselves to be God. We are saying that... What God has commanded, uh, 
is inferior to how I would like for the universe to be, for the creation to be, um, and for how I would like my life uh, to be ruled and motivated and what the purpose that I want uh, for myself. Uh, and so since God alone uh, can decide what is right and wrong, when I transgress his law, when I break his law, uh, I am inherently calling good evil and evil good. Now we live in a culture in which uh, that has become uh, the actual standard in many cases in the nation and in the church. Uh, and we see that and uh, and we grieve and we are warned and cautioned not to think and feel and desire and uh, and live for and live uh, live for the purpose of and live according to the principles of what we see in the nation and what we see in the churches. And that's all good and well, but whenever we transgress the law of God, we are doing the same thing. We are calling what he called evil good and what he called good evil. And so the two correspond to each other. What we sin uh, when we sin in lack of conformity to the law of God, uh, that's always taking place when we sin in transgressing the law of God, because now we're denying God as the ultimate reality. We are making ourselves to be God. So again, the catechism question this week, what is sin? And the answer is, sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God.